Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Fat Boys Dynasty Podcast. As always, coming at you, Bo and Brant. Um, we're going to talk about uh, some uh, fantasy projections uh, that we like this week, uh, over-unders that we like and dislike, I guess it would be. Uh, we're going to talk about a, a uh, trade candidate or a trade for candidate in uh, dynasty football uh, or in fantasy football, some guy to go after and to help your uh, fantasy season. And uh, we're going to talk about a college prospect. Um, so let's 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 get right into talking and let's talk about the trade deadline that just passed. We had some big names on the move. You had CMC a little bit before the trade deadline was on the move. You had TJ Hawkinson. You had Chase Claypool. You had uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, I know I'm missing another name here. Who went to Denver? Uh, Naeem Hines went to Buffalo in a move that sent Zach Moss back to Indianapolis as well. Yeah. So a lot of lot of uh, moves that happened that we weren't necessarily expecting. Uh, I don't think anybody was projecting or predicting the T.J. Hawkinson move nor the Naeem Hines move, um, but we didn't see the moves of, of Jerry Judy or you know Brandon Cooks or Kareem Hunt that we all expected to see. Um, but nonetheless, a, a very fun, um, very entertaining trade deadline so the first one i think that everybody's going to be have on their radar Let, let's talk about the, the two biggest in my opinion brand and then we'll get back to our weekly episode what do you make of the tj hawkinson deal what's the fantasy implications on that on your end so i i honestly i don't know what to take about this um you drafted hawkinson probably decently in the middle of your drafts uh for redrafts dynasty you probably drafted him pretty early thinking that he was going to be the next go-to thing um I don't know what to think of it. I mean, you, you move him into uh, Minnesota. I know Minnesota struggles sometimes to use their tight ends. But let's look at all the weapons that are now around TJ Hawkinson. And I'm sorry, in every single position I'm about to name, is probably an upgrade of what he had in Detroit, including the running back because Swift can't stay completely healthy. Neither can Dalvin Cook. But when Cook's been on the field, I, think, I feel like this year he's been more um, productive. So, I mean, you got Cook. You got... Alexander Madison. That might be the only one that might be a little worse than um, something in Detroit. Then you got Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. I, it, so I, I don't know. There's a lot of miles to feed, and we we all know how Kirk Cousins is. He can be up and down sometimes. And, uh, well, if he plays in primetime, we all know, don't start anything around Kirk Cousins in primetime. So TJ Hawkinson's a guy that if, if, I, if I do have, I think I'm still sitting back to wait and see how it goes. You know, for me personally, I actually think um, it's a slight upgrade for TJ Hawkinson. Um, I think his overall volume, like he's no longer going to be the guy like he was some weeks in Detroit. Um, He's just going to be a guy on the Minnesota offense. But I I do think uh, Kirk Cousins is an upgrade over at quarterback over Jared Goff. Uh, And and good luck as a defense covering all three of Hawkinson, Thielen, uh, and Justin Jefferson because it's never going to happen. and I actually think that the Vikings will be in the red zone more often um, than the Lions were. And that's one place where Kirk Cousins did like his tight ends. Yeah. Um, so I, I think you could see, a, a um, maybe not this year, but next year, if, if as long as everything works out and he stays in Minnesota, um, I think you could see a career high in touchdowns for TJ. Um, because honestly, uh, I really like the fit for him. Um 
initially it sounds scary just because of the names there, but I think long term it'll end up working out better for for Hawkinson owners than it will hurt them. Um, as far as the other one, I think the Chase Claypool news. I honestly think Chase Claypool to the Bears is an absolute lateral move for Chase Claypool's value. Um, yes, there's less mouths to feed um, as far as other pass catchers around him, but the Bears don't pass as much as the Steelers do. Even now that Fields is starting to look better, I understand that, and this is only going to make Fields look better more so, but they still just don't pass the ball as often as the Steelers were. I think it's actually more beneficial for all the Pittsburgh Steelers that stayed in Pittsburgh than it is for Chase Claypool. Yeah, I I, I think the the quarterback and everything else is is, is kind of a lateral move for Claypool. Um, this is another one that, um, like you said, it's probably going to wind up being a lateral move. I don't know. In, in fantasy-wise, I don't think it's going to make a whole bunch of difference. What I do like about it, I like this move better for actual football than um, fantasy-wise because, uh, well, Claypool played a lot of tight end in, in college and in high school, so he's a big-body guy. He can help block. He's a gadget guy. He's going to be probably the guy in Chicago. I think his skill set's better with Justin Fields than than uh, Darnell Mooney's was. And, and I like Claypool there, and I think, like I said, I think this is better for football rather than fantasy football. I don't know if it equivalates to points. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's one of them. I I just I'm not sure about. I I think if if in Chicago it boosts anybody's points, it's probably Justin Fields because I mean, could it hurt for Justin Fields to have any better weapons than no. what he started the season with? Um, and honestly, it probably helps Darnell Mooney a little bit too, uh, just because there's somebody else there um, to take coverage away. And we all know Dante Pettis and Equinarius St. Brown weren't drawing a whole lot of coverage away from <laughs> Darnell Mooney, but Chase Claypool may. Um, so, I, you know, I think it is a good move for, for those guys as well. But Chase Claypool, uh, you know, I owned him. That was one of the guys that I bought in hard on this year. I thought really it was going to be a breakout year for Chase Claypool. Um, I, I don't have those feelings anymore, whether he stayed in, in Pittsburgh or, or now with him being in Chicago. I just think, you know, we've seen what we're getting out of Chase Claypool. He's going to have a couple good games a year, but the rest of the year he's just going to be a meh guy. Yeah. Oh, darn. I guess my uh, late third round Sleeper pick in our rookie draft is now probably Nolan Void and Vallis Jones Jr. there in Chicago. I'm pretty sure he was already Nolan Void prior to this trade. Maybe I'll have another Kenny Galladay episode on my hands here. <laughs> yeah, three years from now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, All right, so let's get, let's get into these trade candidates, Brant. Um, I'll go ahead and, and turn it over to you and let you kick us off with yours, um, see where we're at. So this one here, I'm actually I'm going to give a little shout out to a good buddy of ours in, in Urish. We were talking about you know some players on the walk today while we were at work, and this he brought this name up and it really clicked in my head, and I started you know looking into it a little bit more. And Donovan Peoples Jones is a guy that I'm buying into right now. I'm going to get I'm going to get cheap. They're on a bye week right now, so I'm going to go try to get him cheap. They're on a bye week. He's had he's had some uh, good games uh, as of late there in uh, in uh, in Cleveland. And the biggest thing is, and this is why I'm buying into it, the return of Deshaun Watson. Well, what was one of Watson's favorite targets in in um, in Houston? Will Fuller in the slot. And who fits that that void or that role in um, Cleveland right now? Donovan. Right now, it's Donovan Peoples Jones. Yeah. So I absolutely I'm buying into Donovan Peoples Jones um, over the last. Uh, like I said, over the last few weeks, he's had a very, very, very good 
are decent games, very serviceable. Um, he's right now he's the wide receiver 48 in PPR. Um, last week he had 12 points, uh, 11, 11, and 9. And now he's going to uh, definitely get an upgrade in quarterback in a couple weeks. So I absolutely love going to buy cheap on Donovan Peoples-Jones. I really think this is a guy that could break out for the rest of the year and really help you in fantasy playoffs. Now I'm not saying go get him and start him right away unless you absolutely have to. This is a guy I'm buying low on, and when Watson comes back, I, I, I expect big things from him. Yeah, that, this is this is a very similar take to what I had with David Bell on the waiver episode on Monday, and much the same reason I, I'm all over David Bell. Once Deshaun Watson comes back, that offense has a completely new identity, and it's going to soon become one of those offenses like, man, I wish I had some kind of a stake in that offense. Uh, and there's plenty out there right now prior to Deshaun coming back. And what better time than, like you just mentioned, Brant, why these guys are on, on bye week to be looking for people to drop them for stream of defenses or, you know, whatever else because they're on buys thinking, ah, I'll drop them and I'll be able to get them. Nobody's going to be looking. So this is a great time to scour your, your waiver wire and look for a guy like Donovan Peoples-Jones or, you know, David Bell or, or even, honestly, when I was sitting down thinking of doing this um, – trade candidate tonight i had amari cooper's name written on my paper a couple of times and i scratched out all the time because i didn't want to go back and talk about another brown after i just talked about one on on monday and how uh you know we got a little carried away with ourselves with the uh all the talk of a uh, fairy tale ending there in cleveland a happy ending uh as we had it alluded to on the previous episode oh yeah i wanted to let let that dog lie for a few weeks before we start kicking it again here in a couple weeks um but I, I, nonetheless, Bram, I agree with you. I think right now is the time to invest in that Browns offense because, again, once he comes back, it's going to be too late. Um, so my trade candidate is another guy that is um, a very big part in a high-flying offense that in years past, this guy is a name that a lot of people struggled with, a lot of people traded um, just – weren't happy with the production they got from him the draft stock fell quite a bit this year and uh here we are at uh going into week nine and this guy's the running back uh 18 on the season that's miles sanders of the philadelphia eagles um does play uh tomorrow night uh so if you're going to trade for him you'd have to get it done real quick and hope that your uh, commissioner's cool with processing a trade pretty quick um but miles sanders this year averages he's averaging 60 percent of the snap uh, count and with those 60% of the snap, he's averaging 17 and a half uh, fantasy points in PPR formats um, this year. So you're getting very, very solid production and, and it's consistent. Um, and again, it's it's large in part due to to you know the emergence of, of Jalen Hurts and you know the addition of AJ Brown. There's there's a, those there's running lanes open that wouldn't have been there last year. And while it is true that Miles Sanders loses some goal line work um, to the 27 other running backs on the Philadelphia roster that get cycled in through the games, whether it be Kenneth Gainwell, um, you know uh, Boston Scott, uh, Boston Scott. There we go. He was eluding me for a minute. Um, he's gonna or Jalen Hurts, even you know, stealing that quarterback uh, touchdown run. Uh, but nonetheless, this is a guy that just because of how frustrating he's been in the past, uh, the fact that he's running back eighteen, it's not like he's completely lighting the world on fire. But I think this is one of the uh, few running back twos in the league that you could go get for like much closer to a running back three or four price. So if you're sitting in a league and you're you know you're desperate for that running back. Uh, help this may be the perfect guy for you to go look at in your leagues yeah absolutely and and it, it pains me to say it because i was uh 
in our in our preseason episodes, I was hyping up Kenneth Gainwell as you know being the guy I thought he was going to take into that void and 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 run well with this offense. But it was Miles Sanders who got his legs underneath them this year and, and has looked very very good. Now, with my issue is, and I'm, I'm not my issue, uh, but kind of kind of an issue, I guess, is he does play tomorrow, like you said. And I have a feeling that tomorrow is going to be one of his better games this year. So it might have to you if you're going after him, you got to go after him before that Thursday night game. They play Houston Texans, and there's a they good do. chance. And the following week, they have another very very good matchup for running backs. They play the Washington Commanders the following week. So you got really two good weeks for him, and then the schedule does tighten up quite a bit. It's like Indy, and then they start playing a little bit more in division. They got the Cowboys still. Um, so this this may be one that you know. Playoff strength of schedule wise, it's not going to help you a whole lot. But if he stays consistent, it won't matter. Yeah. Well, while we're while we're talking about Philly, let's just jump straight into the Thursday game and get that knocked out. Um, let, let's talk about what what do you expect out of that game? I'll uh, I'll do my take because Lord knows I love to talk about the Eagles all year this year. What do you expect out of this game? Uh, I, I'm expecting a lot of one sided football. Um, you know. I don't expect Houston to contend in this game at all. I don't. I don't think Damian Pierce has a good game. I don't think Davis Mills has a good game. And you know, so in, in hindsight, I don't think Nico Collins or, or Brandon Cooks have a good game. Um, you know, on the flip side of the ball, I, I look for the Eagles to just kind of have their way and do their thing. Um, so we'll see if maybe Houston's the team to come out and do it. But at one five and one, I don't expect them to put up a huge competition. Yeah, I don't expect much of a fight. I don't. Uh, for you guys that watched the uh, Philly and Pittsburgh game this week, uh, Philly rested their starters for the majority of the fourth quarter. Why? Because they were blowing out Pittsburgh. Well, guess what? I expect them to probably be resting most of their starters for most of the fourth quarter again this Thursday. And um, as for fantasy points, I honestly almost want to temper your expectations with Jalen Hurts because I think that this game may end up relying on Miles Sanders' legs because there's no reason for them to go out there and air the ball out for 400 yards. Or as we saw this week, um, I believe it was four rushes for 10 yards is all Jalen Hurts had. And so I, I would temper a little expectations on that Philly offense. Do I think they're still going to be reliable? Am I telling you to bench them? Absolutely not. I'm not telling you to bench any of them. They all have been very reliable. But I would temper my expectations. And, and I would be looking at their projected scores and them not to really blow up um, like they have in certain games. Yeah, that's fair. Anytime you have a really good team playing a really bad team, um, that's that's kind of be to be expected. Again, though, it could could be one of those things where Jalen Hurts throws three you know three first half touchdowns too and gets you all his points you needs in the first half, yeah. and, and then Miles Sanders salts it away and everybody walks away from the game happy. But um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely see. This is not. Uh, it's another one of those Thursday night games that I just. I'm not. I'm gonna have it on, but I'm, how in, how invested am I gonna be? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, depends on how the, how the game turns out. But I could see me being rested in the third quarter as well as the the starters for the Eagles there. So definitely be interesting to see how this game plays out. This is this is one of those games that that's on Thursday, and I'm kind of glad that we have an away basketball game that I'll be spending a lot of the time on the bus going to and from, so I don't have to sit there and, and watch probably what is going to be a painful another painful Thursday night game. Uh, there you go. 
So let's before we get into our projections, let's let's get out our college prospects that we have for this week. Um, I'll let you go ahead. We're going to talk uh, wide receivers uh, this week. I'll let you go ahead and jump into your guy here. Yeah. So again, I, I know it's it's beating uh, the same drum for me at this point that it was the last time we brought up rookie uh, incoming rookie wide receivers, but uh, it definitely seems like the NFL and fantasy is starting to trend more to. Um, having those explosive wide receivers because they're the ones who win you your fantasy weeks. Um, so this is another guy that I think if, if if he declares and he does come out this year, this is going to be a guy that if you draft, you're going to be very excited about because uh, he will help you win some games. That's Jalen Hyatt, the six foot one hundred eighty pound junior out of the University of Tennessee. Um, I did talk about his quarterback earlier this week uh, or earlier. Uh, when we did the tie, uh, quarterback episode a few episodes back, I apologize. Um, but this year, this guy's had done nothing but be amazing. He's caught 45 uh, passes for 907 yards, 14 touchdowns, averaging 20.2 yards uh, per reception. Over his career at the University of Tennessee, he's had 86 receptions, 1,409 yards, 18 touchdowns. Again, averaging a, a, an astronomical 16.4 yards. But this is very much the type of season that him and, and his quarterback are having that are definitely going to have these guys getting a lot of looks from NFL uh, prospects or uh, NFL uh, scouts, excuse me, making these guys be elite prospects. Uh, I expect this to be a name that gets called in the first round of the upcoming draft. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Tennessee's uh, had a very, very good uh, team this year, and they've been fun to watch. Um so, yeah, this is definitely a guy I could see rising in drafts. Um, so, my guy is going to be uh, out of the TCU Horn Frogs, uh, who have had an amazing year this year, um, and that's going to be Quentin jo- Johnston. He has 42, or he's 6'4", 215 pounds. Um, he's had 42 receptions, 650 yards, four touchdowns, 15.5 receiving average. Um, this is just another big body guy that's going to be coming out. He'll be a red zone threat right away at six foot four, two fifteen. Um, I know he, um, he's in a high powered offense there in TCU. They like to throw the ball. Um, over the last, um, he has a game posted in, in uh, on October eighth. He uh, he had fourteen receptions for two hundred and six yards and uh, 14.7 yards per uh, receiving. So he's had four rece- four receptions in every single game at least this year. Um, he's a guy that, that's trusted in that offense as, as TCU starts to climb in the ranks and make, make their names known. Um, he's a guy that's definitely been out there helping them out. Yeah, he's definitely one that uh, is another one that people need to start writing down and, and you know, potentially watching some TCU games when they're on and uh, and watching this because, again, there's no no better time to get ahead in a dynasty league than right now. Absolutely. Right? And TCU, I've watched a few of their games. TCU is so much fun to watch. They are a high-powered offense. Now, they're, they're uh, I'm just going to throw it out. One of the games I watched, actually two of them, they fell down early. Well, guess what? This team has a – fighting spirit and, and battles right back into the game. They're really, really fun to watch and uh, they're definitely one of my favorite teams watching on uh, Saturdays as of late. There you go. Alright, let's get into these these projections because this is you know this is kind of the highlight of the week. This is what you and I get on for on Wednesday nights. This, this is what it's about, right? So uh, it kind of leads us even more so right into those Sunday morning uh, coffee sessions we have with everybody at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with my first one. We're not going to pull any punches. We're just going to go right into it. Old man, River, uh, 
Tom Brady himself versus the Los Angeles Rams projected at 19.4 points PPR. 19.4 points PPR against the Rams. I'm going under. I think if they're going to beat the Rams, it's going to have to be on the ground game with Leonard Fournette and White. And uh, I'm sorry, Tom Brady just has not impressed me much. Um, we'll go back to an old old Shania Twain song there, down there. It ain't impressed me much. Well, neither has Tom Brady. I'm taking the under. Yeah, I'm also taking the under in this one on Tom Brady. But listen, the Rams' are, uh, defense has given up the ninth least amount of points to opposing quarterbacks in fantasy. And let's just call it what it is. Tom has not looked that great to this point in the season anyway. So you add in a good defense on the opposite side of the ball, and it, it, in my mind it spells another woeful, woeful week for the Buccaneers' offense. Absolutely. So mine – Mine's going to be in a quarterback that has impressed us a lot this year. And I'm going to go with Mr. Josh Allen versus the New York Jets, projected at 29.18 points against the New York Jets. Um, 29.8 points? Yes, yes, 29.18 I'm going to say it's going to be under. Um, again, that Jets defense has been pretty, pretty impressive this year. Uh, I know Josh Allen has been also very impressive. Uh, however, I just think that uh, 29 points is about as high as I'd be willing to go on a quarterback. Uh, I mean, you're talking he's going to have to have 300 yards passing and, yeah, you know, at least two touchdowns to get anywhere near that that number uh and that's with him having some rush yards there as well so uh i'm gonna go he's gonna i'm gonna say he's gonna go south of that number but i think he's gonna be well into the 20s still yeah i have it actually written down here he's gonna go under it's a division opponent the jets defense have been very impressive i think you're looking at a um i don't want to say a low scoring game maybe you maybe your medium score games as as you would say because i don't think it's going to turn into a shootout against the jets but, uh, yeah, I look for uh, Josh Allen to be around 23 to 25 points this week. So I'm taking the under. One of my reasons I did take this is because I could not believe how high they have this man projected now. But then again, he's been doing it all year. He has. Yeah, he's definitely uh, – They you got to project them high when they go over what you project them every week. So, right, right. Um, Speaking of high uh, projections, at the running back position this week, I have David Montgomery versus the Miami Dolphins uh, with newly acquired Bradley Chubb on the offensive line there. David Montgomery projected 11.6 points and a half point PPR. 11.6 against the Dolphins. Um, Oh, 11.6 against the Dolphins. Let's see. I'm going to say he goes under that. I don't like it. I, I, Cleo Herbert's been a spark to that offense. Um, Justin Fields is starting to take a lot of the rushing work. I'm taking the under the under 11 points there for Montgomery, um, and that's unfortunate because I really like this. I really like David Montgomery, and I, I would like to see him succeed. But I'm going to take the under. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with the under as well. You know, it started out that we thought David Montgomery was going to be the best running back in this offense. Um, but it's definitely turned into be Justin Fields that's the best running back in this offense, very much similarly to the way Lamar Jackson is the best running back in the Baltimore Ravens offense. I think that, uh, you know, with the addition of Khalil Herbert and Dave, uh, Justin Fields running the way you just alluded to, it definitely does nothing but uh, hamper David Montgomery uh, 
his fantasy value. So unless he finds the end zone, he goes under. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to stick with this running back trend, and I'm going to I'm going to talk about one of my my uh, my favorite running backs this year, and uh, we're going to talk about Kenneth Walker versus the Arizona Cardinals at 14.4 fantasy half point PPR points. Uh, I'm going to say he goes under, and mainly because I just traded for a piece of your uh, Seahawks offense, and we know what happened the last time I did that. The whole team fell apart. Um, so with that being said, it's going to go under. Uh, but no, really, I think 14's pretty accurate for what I think Kenneth Walker's going to do this week. Um, listen, I think the Arizona Cardinals have kind of started to come on it, and it just so happened it coincided with the time when D-Hop came back. Their offense is starting to look better. Their defense is starting to look better. Um, I'm not sure how many times you're going to see uh, Kenneth Walker get into the second level, but when he does, there's a guy named Buda Baker there to meet, who I know you uh, you you love as well. So I think 14 is probably pretty accurate. So I'm going to say he hits 14. That's I think that's about where he finishes. I uh, I'm going to go over. I think he finds the end zone once or twice this week, um, and, and and one of the reasons I am going uh, over is uh, the fact you just traded for a wide receiver on the Seahawks, and yes. That player normally does fall apart in fantasy when you trade for them. So I feel like they're going to have to lean on Kenneth Walker in order to beat Arizona. And I think they're going to lean on Walker a lot this week um, and keep that ball out of uh, Murray's hands. So I like Kenneth Walker to go over 14.4. I don't see him put another 40-point game up, but I like him to go over 14.4. Yeah. You know, honestly, too, another thing that I think could factor into Kenneth Walker's uh, fantasy production this week is, you know, you're playing the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray and D-Hop this week. It's not uh, Daniel Jones. Uh, so I think that maybe if they have to start throwing the ball to keep up this week, which, again, your defense looked phenomenal last week, so maybe that's just a thing of the past. But if they have to throw the ball to keep up, that'll hurt Kenneth Walker a little bit as well. So I think 14 is where it's at. You think he's over. We will see. I know you'll have your eyes on that come Sunday. Oh, yeah. Um, moving on to the wide receiver position for me, um, a game that you already talked about. I've got Stefan Diggs against the New York Jets at 20.8. Fantasy points, half point PPR, 20.8. I'm taking the under. He's going to play uh, Sauce Gardner there, and, and Sauce has done uh, a phenomenal job of stepping into the NFL and learning the ropes and uh, and uh, being able to keep up with a lot of these uh, top wideouts. Um, I don't know if he goes too far under, but I'm definitely going to take the under 20. It, it's I think, I think it's going to be a fun outing to watch those two, and I expect Sauce to really follow him around. Yeah, so obviously the scent of this sauce that I'm smelling smells a lot like a Gabe Davis slash Isaiah McKenzie slash Dawson Knox week. Uh, I think the the Bills ultimately still end up getting the win. I just think it comes from somebody's production other than Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is still going to get some, right? Uh, He's too good of a a player. Josh Allen's too good of a quarterback for him not to get some. I just think much in the similar way that you talked about earlier, this is one of those games, uh, or with the Eagles, I'm sorry, this is much one of those games that you temper expectations with the Buffalo Bills just a smidge because I think that New York Giants, or New York Jets defense is, you know, it is what we thought it is the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to stick with the wide receivers, a, a big-name guy that a lot of people love coming into the season, Almiron St. Brown against the Green Bay Packers, 16.92 half-point PPR. Um, 16.92, I think he goes over this week. Um, 
Listen, the Detroit Lions traded TJ Hawkinson, which is I'm I'm still you know in shock about it. This is a guy that's still on his rookie contract, um, so it's not like he was owed huge, incredible money or something, or they were you know upside down on him, whatever. But he left. So I think they're going to look at come out and say, okay, this is why we traded him. Well, let's show off a Monroe St. Brown. He's why we were comfortable getting rid of TJ Hawkinson. So I think you're going to see a pretty good Amon Ross St. Brown game this week. And listen, I'm sure the Lions don't want to be the team to let the Green Bay Packers get off their losing streak. So uh, I look for them to try to put points up in a hurry. So. I'm taking it under, which is, I know, crazy to say with the stock that I own him and how much I like him. I'm taking the under. He's going to see Jair Alexander. I know Alexander hasn't been that impressive this year, but I'm taking the under. I expect Josh Reynolds to be the guy this week to uh, in that receiving core with the departure of TJ Hawkinson. Um, I expect Green Bay to start getting back on track this week. It's a divisional opponent. They know him. I, I like Green Bay this week, and I like them to, to uh, keep Amaron St. Brown in check. Um, I think he'll still be semi-serviceable for um, fantasy, but I don't, I don't think you can expect a blow-up game for St. Brown. Okay. Um, so let's talk about the uh, newly acquired Minnesota Vikings tight end here uh, and the aforementioned TJ Hawkinson. At Washington this week um, – projected 10.6 points in fantasy taking the under i don't know how much he's going to be involved he just got traded over there on tuesday so he probably showed up today there in minnesota i don't know how much tj hawkinson is going to be involved in in the first week there Um, i'm going to take the under 10 points I also take the under, but it has more to do with Washington than it does with T.J. Hawkinson. Washington is number one against in fantasy points given up to the tight end. They don't do it. They just don't let the tight ends beat them. Um, so it's going to have to come from Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Dallin Cook this week. I'm going under on T.J. Hawkinson as well. Okay. All right, so this guy, this is a wide receiver that I got out, Joshua Palmer, going um, going against your Atlanta Falcons. Sorry, I didn't mean to pick on you, but um, – um, I got him at 11, 11.05 half-point PPR points against your Atlanta Falcons. So you, you have him for 11.5 against the Atlanta Falcons. 11.05, um, so pretty much 11. So 11 points against the Falcons. I think this is probably one that initially I'm going to think gets over because there's no A.J. Terrell again this weekend, and A.J. Terrell's special um, – Palmer did log a full practice today, but he, he was dealing uh, with that concussion protocol. Um, so I think the Chargers are definitely going to be looking to get him back. Uh, if he plays a full game and A.J. Terrell doesn't, he gets well over 11 points this week. Um, and we don't even need to talk about what Austin Eckler is going to do this week. But uh, Palmer is going to go uh, well over 11, just as everybody else in a Chargers uniform will this week. So the Chargers looked a little – shaky this past week um i expect josh palmer to go well over and it has a little bit to do with no aj brown but it has a lot our aj terrell but it has a lot to do with no keenan allen possibly and no mike williams joshua palmer is looking to be the number one guy there in in the chargers uniform so i expect him to go well over 11 points this week I got one last one I'm going to throw at you here. Uh, I'll make it short and sweet. Michael Pittman uh, against the, uh, at the New England Patriots projected 12.3 points and a half point PPR. I'm going to take the over because I expect uh, Belichick to um, 
look to stop Jonathan Taylor or any other running back that might be coming out of that backfield and expect him to force Sam Ellinger to throw that ball. So I'm going to take the over with with Pittman. I'm I'm taking the over on Michael Pittman as well, largely in part because I don't think Jonathan Taylor plays. Um, He didn't. He sat out of practice again this week. He got re-aggravated that high ankle sprain he's been dealing with. Um, we all know those are when it, when it comes to a powerful running back like Jonathan Taylor, they take some time to heal. So I'm I'm taking the the over on Michael Pittman this week as well. Absolutely. All right, guys, that's all we got for you. Um, don't forget to join us Sunday morning for some coffee, some fantasy advice. We got some prop bets. We both did pretty well on our prop bets this week. If you tuned in, we may have made you a little bit of money. We both did pretty good on our projections last week. Um, I think I went three for four, and I believe you also went three for four on it. Um, I'd have to go back and double check. Uh, tune in, guys. We're, we're, we're starting to branch out a little bit more. We're, we're talking about starts and sits, and we're talking about prop bets. So please come on, join us. Ask us if you got a prop bet you want to talk about. We'll be more than happy to dig up a little research that we have up and, and see what we got. And uh, as always, stay hungry. And stay fat, my friends.